welcome to For Fox Sake. My name's Pete Selby, and alongside me in a bit of a strange location, actually, not not our normal location. We're not in For Fox Sake HQ. We're not at the King Power. We're not in the King Power car park. Um, we're actually oh, sorry, it's uh, John O'Bell. How are you, John? Yeah, all hello, right? Pete. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, we are actually in Tallinn. We're at the Super Cup between Atletico Madrid and. Real Madrid, most people would say it the other way around, but never mind. And we're in the stadium itself, we're in the commentary position, we're about 10 hours before kickoff. We've come here just to check the equipment and uh, meet the Estonian fellow commentators, they seem a nice bunch, they've gone for a, a coffee or whatever, but we're, we're actually in a very similar position that we uh, commentate from at the King Power. Um, halfway inside, one half, very steep stands. It's only 15,000, it's a strange stadium, but... Uh, but there we go, and we're doing for fuck's sake. Now, Rob's not here. If you listened to the previous episode, you know he's gone gallivanting around Europe for about four weeks. And uh, we've already had a game this season, so uh, we need really to uh, be cracking on with the podcast. But, uh, but Jono, you're here. Um, you're not a Leicester fan. You have uh, commentated on Leicester at the King Power Stadium. You've, have you been on the podcast before? I haven't now, Pete. This yep. is my first time. So uh, I'm, I'm very honoured to, to be part of this. Uh, looking forward to what we've got to say over the course of the next... Uh, Hour or so. Hour? Well, I've heard some of your podcasts, Pete, and you they can go, go on, on a wee bit. Yeah, they do go on a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll see what can get through. But, uh, yeah, that's where we are. So we're just setting the scene, and uh, we're very fortunate to be here. But uh, there we go. You wait for Super Cup, eh? It's a shame Leicester ain't in it, but never mind. <laughs> Got more chance than Sheffield Wednesday. That's who uh, Jono supports, the same team as Jamie Vardy, and we'll get on to him in a bit. But, uh, anyway, it's a Leicester podcast. Um so we've played a game and we've lost a game now you watched the game against Man U um, so did I so did everyone out there and um, I suppose we better start with the United game we won't dwell on it an awful lot because it's been and gone and um, it's, it's kind of happened it was fr- for me it was very frustrating not the way Leicester played but the result because we played bloody well in that game I thought I thought we it was almost like we were a top six side playing away at a mid-table side in the way that we dominated possession created a number of chances um, unfortunately didn't take them and a couple of good saves but a really good performance but the result was almost inevitable we were always going to lose in a way it always happens with those mid-table-ish teams at teams like United yeah, what I would say is with Leicester, particularly in the first half, they really seem to be this this confidence and that fearless foxes mentality seems to be back again. And we, we've spoken a lot, Pete, about Ben Chilwell and how he was bombing on down that left-hand side. Uh, it didn't really matter who was in front of him in red because he was just happy to, to have a go at them. And uh, the, I think the performance of, of Madison was very refreshing as well to know that that seems like a very strong investment. For me, the amount of money that was spent on him I'd not seen an awful lot of him, but when I had seen him for, for Norwich against Sheffield Wednesday, maybe our defenders are that good, but um, and they're not. Uh, <laughs> Never but, in a million years. <laughs> but but he didn't see that. Matt that Mills great. used to play for you. No, was he? No, that, that was Doncaster and Forest. Who did we sign from you? Have we signed anyone from you? Um, you you that's may. Probably have. How, that's probably how poor. Anyway, sorry, carry on. I stopped you mid flow with an error. No, I was. I was, I was, I was all right. We'll move on. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that that really with, with Leicester, it was uh, yeah, a really good performance. A bit of frustration that you didn't take some of the, the half chances you'd got, uh, but you're forced to hear it into a, quite a bit of work. And um, it, was, it was good in the end that you got the goal you deserved. It's just a shame that it didn't mean anything ultimately. Yeah, that's a shame. Reading we bought him from uh, Matt Mills, man, he was rubbish. But uh, blue it's, Yeah, it's uh, 
it was a sh- yeah wrong wrong stripes and hoops rather than sp- anyway uh, it was a shame Chilwell for me was, was, was the man who surprised me because if you looked at the Leicester side before that game um, he stood out in terms of a player who you maybe would have expected um, not to have been replaced but if one player was to going to come into the first team if you're going to sign a player in a position I would have highlighted the left back position as a as a role where we've signed Pereira on the right who looked uh, very impressive we'll come on to him in a minute but um, but Chilwell would be a position that I would say um, can be enhanced and yet he had I it has to be his best game for Leicester he looks like he's put about a stone on him weight he looks like he's been in the gym he was powerful which is something you could never have said beforehand. He was incisive, he was um, brave and full of confidence. He was the player that hopefully he's just developing all the time and um, maybe a bit of a cautionary tale to, to fans out there, including myself, to not give up on players because he's only a young youngster and he's, he's, he's had a number of games now and maybe it's just taking time to, to develop and, and to get stronger. But he looked amazing and he was... I mean, Darmian at fullback just... It wasn't in the game. He he ran past their entire midfield, and if he if he carries on like that, I personally think he was he was probably man of the match. But um, we'll go through a number of the signings and uh, and and their rough performance. Uh, starting with Armati, oh, I know he's not a new signing, but Armati oh, he, he caught the ball. What was he doing? It was a a moment of badness. I would say after that he had a, a, a fairly solid game, but unfortunately he gave a penalty away in the first two minutes of the Premier League. It was proper hands. Hands over your eyes, like, what was he doing? What was he doing? It, it was a bit of madness. I, I just thought that the whole start to that game, it was really the first time Man United had attacked and the crowd were really getting up for it and, and it was bubbling up quite early on. It was panicked. And it, yeah, it just seemed like everyone lost their heads and Amati was obviously the one that, unfortunately, was uh, the one that, yes, that made the error. Stupid penalty as well. Little t- I, I thought Schmeichel, when he was doing the little tip-tap, whatever, before the penalty, Pogba, I was like, Schmeichel's got this. And he went the right way and, unfortunately, mm. it was just in the top corner. But... Um, Pereira playing in front of him, who then replaced him at fullback slash wingback. I was mightily impressed with him. A lot of money was spent, over £20 million. The one thing that impressed me was um, he's very tenacious, which is what you want from that kind of attacking fullback. You don't want him just to be sitting there waiting for the ball. He goes to try and get it. Um, also impressed me. For saying a guy, he's not very tall and he's quite slight, he looked fairly strong and actually quite good in the air. He won a lot of headers. Um, surprising, he's obviously got a good leap. Um, inside him, uh, Silver alongside uh, Ndidi. Ndidi, fairly quiet, but doing his normal role. Uh, Silver, I, I've seen a lot on social media people saying that he didn't have a good game. I thought he moved the ball, uh, moved the ball kept it moving quite well, which is technically his role. Um, Madison is, is, is one player. Um, I'm not going to kind of dampen things down because we want to try and build players up. We want to be excited about football. But um, I thought he had a good debut. But I won't go as far as good. I, I, I won't go any further. Uh, that, that would be it. He, um, in possession, he lost it a number of times. Yes, he's trying those little through balls and that's going to happen. But um, I, I, I was impressed with him and it was a good debut, but I wouldn't go over the top like some people have. What I like about Madison is the way he's come into a team that's just lost Mahrez. And, and, and you know, he's, he's not a straight replacement for Mahrez at all, but he's, he's come in and sort of gone, right, I'll take the baton here. I'll grab this game by the scruff of the neck and he seems to show a lot of maturity for his age um, and to be in a new club in an environment at Old Trafford in you know your Premier League debut he, he looked really at home 
so yeah no need at all to, to go too far with uh, the hype around Madison but definitely it's what you want to see from a new signing a young lad that you've bought for so much money yeah if you, uh, just a other thing as well obviously we're we're in the open air so if there is a little bit of interference with I don't know things buzzing or beeping and banging around there's, there's all sorts of people around the ground putting up cameras there's banners all over the place they've had to extend the ground slightly they've got um, five extra rows around much of the stadium so it's a bit of a work in progress at the moment yes we are the time actually is local time it's one twenty-seven in the afternoon and the kickoff is at 10 so we've, we've got to, yeah we've got to hang around we're going to go to the um the medieval quarter in a bit actually for a, for a bite to eat and a drink before the game but uh, we were also saying how refreshing it is to feel a little bit of wind and feel cool yeah. and have to wear a coat we're so on it's the a lovely coast, 18 degrees it's, a, yeah. it's a, and it's it's actually quite nice after the the weather with that only for a couple of days and then i want it to go back to nice weather but just if you can hear things in the background we might actually we might do a second half of this in the medieval quarter we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes um but yeah madison he's, he's a young player and I was looking back at his career because I mentioned on the previous podcast, and this is maybe just me being ignorant, but because we've been focused on Leicester all this time, it, he just came from nowhere last season, f- from my point of view. Looking back in his career, I know he was from Coventry originally. There's a plane going over. The, the airport's not a million miles away. Um, he came from Coventry, and he didn't quite make it straight away at, at uh, Norwich. He went on loan to Aberdeen, then came back to Norwich and had a wonderful season last year. He, he, he looks technically very good and um, he's, he's obviously going to be a fan's favourite from the point of his position on the field, being a number 10, being that flair player. His looks as well, do you know what I mean? He's that young player. A lot of the youngsters are going to uh, latch on to him. And uh, fingers crossed that he had that good chance where he, he caught it well. And uh, I mean, 15 goals. We were talking on the plane actually about him. Scott, I, I pointed out... Um, on a, on a preview in a magazine that he uh, he scored 15 goals last year many of them from outside the area and I think he's, he's someone his dead ball is something that we needed as well we've needed the ability to get the ball in the middle and also shots at goal now without Mares uh, from a dead ball situation who was decent from free kicks there's one or two which people will remember Bournemouth off the top of their heads from miles out and also in the Champions League against Bruges but um, Madison from free kicks hopefully will be a danger that we've missed um, further forward Iniacho had a good game he, he was unfortunate with one or two chances he, he's obviously been in good form in pre-season uh, and then Vards came on and, and did what he normally does and, uh, and scores it was unfortunate that it happened right at the end and then we bombarded them um, but there's one player that I'm going to talk about and his name's Harry Maguire have you heard of this player? yeah I've heard, heard a couple of things in the last few months in particular Harry just, Maguire. just got two wasps circulating you, over my bag because I killed a wasp a few moments you've ago. Ki- I, I feel told like you, I've been caught. I told you, look, I, if you kill a wasp, their friends are going to turn up. And look, they're, they're circling around the body now. This is some <laughs> We're witnessing some kind of uh, wasp ritual here. Oh I think we're in a lot of danger. Busted. Oh, now it's thrown away. Anyway, um, yeah, Harry Maguire. Local lad to you. You're yep. Sheffield. He's Sheffield. Um, now, obviously, he played well in the World Cup. Um he played as he does for Leicester slightly different position in the back three he looked calm confident on the ball we've seen that good header scored a goal good just a good player and he's also very easy to like as well you know he's that old fashioned centre half um, now the one thing with um, with Maguire in my opinion now this could be absolute nonsense but this is what I think is that his popularity in the English game you score a goal for England in the World Cup in the knockout stages you're an instant hero but for me, the top six in the Premier League have not had a player like Harry Maguire play for them for so long 
that it was kind of it was a new thing for them. Now we're used to these big centre halves at Leicester. Granted, this is a, a, a top player, but we're used to these people who are dominating in the air, and it's someone the crowd really latched on, latch on to, you know. And I think fans of United, Arsenal, Man City, I don't think they've had a player like Maguire at their club for so long that all of a sudden he plays for England like that, and they go, "Oh, this guy's brilliant." And it's like, yes, you can actually have players in the Premier League like this at top clubs and they will do a really good job. Now, because of the situation with him at Man U and all the bids and possible bids and interest, I was going to be slightly sceptical about how he would play. I thought he played brilliantly. It was outstanding. I think the one thing as well, one piece of the play I remember from the first half is when Leicester around 22 minutes in the game or something really put United under the cosh and they were trying to clear the ball up to halfway now they didn't have Lukaku on it was Rashford so not really a great aerial outlet in that respect but Maguire still winning those headers and and pinning the pressure still on United uh, during that phase of play United couldn't get out and when they did try and get over halfway like I say Maguire was there Um, I think one thing with Maguire as well he surprises people because he's a big guy and you expect him to be good with the headers he's great with his feet and I remember him at Sheffield United when um, they, they were pushing up towards the top of the league and he was the, the new centre-half on the block for them. Local lad, you know, and one of our own sort of thing they were singing at, at Bramall Lane. And he was surprisingly good at bringing the ball over halfway and just steamrolling down the inside left channel. Yeah. And, and he did it a couple of times for England. Obviously, he had uh, the back three there, so he had two players dropping in for him. Um, do you think that that would work at Leicester? You've got quite a, a bulky squad in terms of your central defenders now. Is it better with the three and allowing him to do that? Personally, yeah. It, it, the thing with three at the back, they could never play it before because of Mares, and he wouldn't work in a three-five-two. Now they have the players that that will. Okay, that kind of eliminates some of the new signings going forward. Possibly the likes of Gazelle and um, I know Gray's not a new signing, but him as well. They don't really work in that formation. Um, if you were to have, say, Madison behind Iniacho and Vardy, for example. But referring to the back line, yes, it does, in a big way. We know Maguire can play the back three very well on the left side, possibly. I, I think he would play in the centre if it was uh, if, if it was going to happen at Leicester. On the left, you would probably have someone like Johnny Evans because he's left-footed. Um, he's not yet played, he's been injured, but uh, if he was to play, that would be his natural place. On the right, we've got this new Turkish guy, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name yet. I'm going to wait until we get to the ground and we get proper pronunciations going. But um, people listening to this will know 20 million, 19 million. Um, we'll hold our horses on him. We'll f- wait until we we'll see him, along with every player. We could sign a player for 90 million quid and you still got to wait till you see him because he might be rubbish. But the word out that this guy is, you know, the absolute boy, you know what I mean? He, he's the dogs. But we'll wait and see. Now, he possibly will play on the left. Oh, sorry, on the right-hand side of the back three. Who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see. It does suit them. Alongside that, you've got uh, Bankovic, a new signing as well. And you've also got someone called Wes Morgan. You've heard of Wes Morgan? Mm. Lifted the Premier League a couple of years ago. Now, I've got a big problem with Wes Morgan. Right, big problem. Um, and that's that he's a bloody good player. And there is an element of Leicester fans many who might not be listening to this or do listen to this and if you do fine everyone's got an opinion about football I give my opinion but I want to hear yours Jono from a, a, an outsider's point of view Wes Morgan 
there's an element of Leicester fans who want him to be dropped at every opportunity. Now, yes, he makes a few mistakes. Everyone does. Yes, he is getting on and he will be replaced probably at some point this season with these new signings. But right now, he's fully fit. He played against Manu. He made one pass out wide, which was intercepted, and then nothing came from it. And late on, there was like a half clearance that went to Lukaku, and who, who was played on side. But apart from that, he didn't put a foot wrong. He made blocks. He made tackles. He looked calm alongside Maguire. And people are just really quick to try and drop him. I know we've bought these new players. Yes, he's going to be phased out, and he knows that in the next or this season but people are so quick so quick to want to drop Wes Morgan and call him people saying he had an awful game against United I don't know what game I was watching but I didn't see that at all No neither did I uh, and obviously I don't know uh, as much as what the Leicester fans say as you do Pete um, I, I do think this will be his last season where he's, he's starting in the team and I think when it gets to around Christmas I think so time, as well yeah. you know, it won't be long before slowly but I don't know why Johnny Evans isn't playing at the moment I don't know if there's injuries or, or he's, he's, he's injured, yeah, or injured yeah he's injured so yeah slowly but surely he will be just slightly eased out of the team and, and there'll be a transition process there I feel whether it be in, in shape or just in personnel but I can't see Morgan being a part of that going into 2019 too much however you need him there uh, you know we don't know what goes on in the dressing room and I can imagine him being a real big part of what goes on oh, in there yeah he's going to be his presence as well maybe not vocally you've got the likes of Schmeichel Vardy and other players but um, I think, you know, he does do that in, in defence as well. You know, he does, he's not mute during the game. But his presence in the changing room, people look at him and go, like, you know, he's the leader, he's the captain. He captained the club to winning the championship, winning the Premier League, playing in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I know you can't always hark back at that, but even right now, in Premier League terms, he is still, in my opinion, a good defender. You can't just drop him willy-nilly. Now... Obviously, the argument would be, if everyone's fully fit, who would be the centre-halves in the back two? Would he be there? Now, we don't know what these new guys are like, so we'll just have to wait and see. But again, people just they just need to calm down and, and, and stop trying to jump the gun with, with, with Morgan. And, that, and that's my opinion. But and you've got to bury it'd him. It'd be a great signing for Wednesday when, uh, he, when he eventually moves. Because I, I think this will probably be his last season at Leicester. He's the club captain, and I think he will know that he's got some good years left in him mm. and if he if he wants to stay at Leicester and, and, and pick up the money and be a bit part player then he's perfectly welcome to perfectly welcome to maybe the captain would probably then be passed on to someone else um, but maybe a, a way of, of, of keeping Maguire for example but he's, he's still got in my opinion a good few seasons left in him even in the Premier League level but especially top of championship level yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing as well is Claude Powell's got no allegiance to Wes Morgan. There's no reason for him to, to keep on playing Morgan if he doesn't feel like he's fit for that team. It's it's, you know, it's not like he's not like Ranieri, it's not like him and, and Morgan won the league together. Pearson as well, the exactly. relationship there. But Powell's a new, a new man completely, so he's got no reason to keep on playing Morgan if he doesn't see him as him and, and Maguire being the best two centre-halves right now. And, and, and also, um, this new guy, the Turkish guy, who we'll call that for now... Um, I, I believe uh, I've read in a few places now it could be nonsense that he turned down a number of clubs and Leicester actually in January were interested made bids um, and I think the deal was almost kind of done in a way that um, he was come to Leicester on the basis of first team football so if that's the deal then that's the deal and, and, and Wes probably knows that and, uh, and, and he's had a fabulous career but uh, Vardy came on looked look 
looked fantastic. Uh, Riyad Mahrez 2.0, this uh, gazelle guy. Looks like he's got a bit of skill, nice control. Doesn't look as fast as uh, Mahrez, but we're not going to compare him to him. I will call him call him 2.0 from now on. That's that's my nickname for him, but, uh, but there we go. We'll, we'll find out. Gray has played well with Chilwell down the left-hand side. Those two work well. I've still got my doubts about Gray. He just needs the end product for me, and we'll see what happens. But that's the game against United. Played well, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Now, this weekend we're playing Wolves. Um, at the time of recording, this is what Wednesday um, early afternoon in Tallinn, UEFA Super Cup. Don't want to you know, keep on dropping that every now and then. I've never been to a Super Cup before, so I want to kind of you know big up a bit. But anyway, we're playing Wolves on Saturday. Uh, I was on a Wolves podcast yesterday. Um, only a 15-minute call to them. Uh, some nice lads said 77. So they must have done something in 1977. Won the Milk Cup or something. I don't know. They weren't formed in 1877, were I don't know. I, I have, have no, no idea. idea. Like, but. Some of, it was called the 77 podcast so anyway shout out to them uh, also my mate Graham is a big uh, Wolves fan and, and uh, I'll see him on Saturday but anyway um, yeah and they were interested in Leicester and, and, and it was interesting to hear their points of view from Leicester and uh, obviously they've seen the success that they've had um, and I I said that uh, and, and agree or disagree you can disagree you know you're, you're your own man you, you know you're not going to get lynched by the for Fox 8 mob <laughs> you might do but um, I said that Wolves and Fulham, um, but probably Wolves just ahead of them, are the best side to be promoted since Leicester when they won the league with over 100 points, what, four, five years ago. John O'Bell. Yeah, I think with Wolves, though, they're in a complete... And, and Fulham, to be fair as well, they're in completely different categories to, to what Leicester were in that respect. Because obviously Leicester had, a couple of years previously, had that investment coming in from, from the tie owners, but not on the level that we've seen from Wolves and not on the level that we're seeing from Fulham spending over £100 million this summer, the first team to be promoted and do that. So these are completely two new entities. Cardiff for your typical promoted club from the Championship for me and they're the odds-on favourite with every book is to, to go down. So yeah, Wolves and Fulham, they, they almost already are Premier League teams coming yeah. in and, and that's a, a really good position to be in as long as their clubs don't have a, a too higher expectation I think it would have surprised a few teams, for example, that Wolves aren't able to beat a 10-man team in Everton who aren't going to be world beaters this season um, and Fulham lost at Old Crystal Palace. So maybe that brought them down a few pegs. But yeah, I, I do see that sort of... I don't know, with, with Leicester, I, I saw a side when they got promoted with a couple of exciting players with, with Mahrez and, and co, um, but a steely spine. And with Wolves, they've yeah. got that, but they're, yeah. they're mostly they've got that flair as well. It's, um, it's interesting yeah, because I, yeah, I, I said last season we played um, we played Brighton. I want to say second game of the season at home. After we played Arsenal away first game, and then we went Brighton at home. Roughly, I think that's right. And so Brighton had just been promoted, and we won. I think it was two 0 nice and easy game. But this is completely different. We're playing a promoted side, but Wolves are not your average promote promotion side you know they're not the average side come up from the championship they're you know a, a, a really good in theory Premier League team in the making now they could fail you never know if they do fail then it's their own fault but what I'm saying is that ultimately you look at a promotion, promoted side at home second game in the season and you're thinking three points that's not necessarily the case it might actually be that we've got a really difficult game against them uh, they got that uh, Neves. Neves I always go and say Navas but it's Neves Neves and um, I said to them I says he's obviously brilliant on free kicks now we all know Schmeichel is 
not the greatest on free kicks he's got a bit of an issue especially when they're central and they just have to get it over the wall he, he, he does get rooted to the spot it's just a, a weakness in his game David James uh, syndrome I call it and um, and if he's got a free kick anywhere it, it's a goal it mm. really is get it on target but hopefully we have a three we get three points it'd be interesting to see the team I presume Vardy will come in for Iniatra if they're going to play the same formation same team um, but we'll wait and see and with Wolves again flamboyant side but I think they'll concede a few I think there'll be a lot of goals with Wolves this season as with Fulham um, I think at the back slightly ropey it's John Ruddy being uh, dropped in goal we were talking about him actually on the plane weren't we about yeah. how what a good season he had and then they brought in some goalkeeper from from Portugal or wherever and uh, as, as most of their players are from and who knows he might, it, Patricio is he? Yeah, is he really? Patricio. No. who's he? <laughs> well, I don't know I don't know what movies I don't see him I didn't look, watch teams in blue but anyway we'll find out what happens on Saturday that's not really the preview of Wolves but um, it depends when you listen to this podcast you may be listening to it just after the Wolves game but I think it's going to be a difficult game I can see there being plenty of goals and I said to the guys on the Wolves podcast I says I think one team will win in five I think it will be a 3-2 to either side and, and we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens with Mr Puel because of the stories regarding his uh, imminent departure from Leicester probably mainly due to the fact that Martinez and mm. Henri were sat in the stands at Old Trafford I don't think anything's changed with him I think if he has a poor start he'll be gone but that's just natural with Leicester managers but also the way he finished last season and when I mean finished the last 15-17 games very poor yes they played very well at Man United but it's all about points and, and, and picking up those points Um do you so, feel do you feel Powell's in a position at the moment where he's, he's fighting to keep his job, or do you think it's a case where he's still on a, a pretty neutral keel and he, he's got stuff to gain with the supporters, but he's also still got stuff to lose, or is he already? Oh on no, the brink? I, I think he's on a knife edge. I, I think he really is. Um, I, I said before, every single Leicester fan, well, pretty much every single Leicester fan, when talking about Powell over the summer, would use the term "I'm not convinced." Mainly because of his his demeanour. It's not his fault. His demeanour, his, his his handle of English, which compared to Ranieri is not a million miles different. But Ranieri, with his charm, yeah. exuberance, and also the the fact that the team started like a train and won the league, he got he got around that. But mainly because of his charm and personality. Puel doesn't have that. Now, you don't have to be the funniest or most charming guy of all time to be a football manager, but it certainly helps to um, connect with the fans and especially after you know, managers that we've had also the way the team dropped off was dramatic mm. and we just again I'm not convinced it, that's the term really with him fingers crossed he gets it right because it means Leicester will start playing well but I'm not convinced and I think that if there's managers out there which Leicester are, is, a, is a tremendous job they've spent a lot of money on the team they've got a good side a good squad uh, a lot of money the possibility of going down is always there but if, if the Leicester job became available for example there's a lot of managers around Europe would look at that and go that's a hell of a job I, I do agree but what I would say from the outside looking in with Powell the main bugbearer Leicester fans seem to have is sort of like you said the demeanour not just from him but how it also transmits onto the pitch as well Yeah. but yeah. does that mean when you see performances like at Old Trafford where you have gone for it and you've lost you'd take them performances rather oh, yeah. than the top top eight position this season yeah it's very easy to blame the manager for everything so you have a poor performance it's the manager's fault when the week before they played really well but they it's um 
he's, he's, he's obviously a good football manager. Look at his career, and he gets teams playing, and he's a you know he brings you through. He's a, a believer in young players, and hopefully he, he gets it right. But what I'm saying is that he's not got a lot of faith in the bank with the supporters. There's not a lot of, of faith stored up there. He can't go on a run of four or five games and it not work out and the fans go, it's the player's fault, whatever. They'll quickly turn on the manager. But what, if, really what, what if they've played in an exciting fashion like they did at Old Trafford? Or, or you just want him, regardless of the performance, top eight or a trophy? I, oh yeah, I, I think if, let's just say they played fantastically for the next three games and got beat every game in one goal and there was all sorts of bad decisions and that that's football, that happens. And I think the fans would be okay with that in terms of if Leicester were playing really well. But because you can see that changing, a bit like the season we got promoted and we, we just stayed up, we, we were losing games by just one goal and no one really got on Pearson's back. Um, because they could see that the team was just missing that one or two things and if that's the case that's the case but um, I, I, I think it's a nice knife edge like that's, it's going to go one side or it's going to go the other side and it's going to be quick you're talking five to six games so in six games time he's either going to be sacked or he's going to be there for the rest of the season that's, that's the way it is I can't see it any other way and, and, and we'll see what happens and put it this way I want him to do well because it means Leicester are doing well. But if he goes, I ain't going to cry about it, to be honest. You know, that's just the way it is. Now, um, final thing, before, when we wrap this podcast up, because we've got to do some checking the equipment, I think. Um, I think so. We'll better do some work. But uh, th- there's, a, there's a one or two things that's happened. Uh, the mural in Leicester, a lot of people would have seen this on Twitter and that. Um, the Mark's electrical, uh, electrical mural of all the players who played in the league winning season, fantastic. A uh, bit of artwork in the city. Uh, it's under threat because I think they're moving location. I've not looked mo- a lot into it, but uh, that roughly looks the case. And obviously, with new owners of a building, they might not want it, whatever. Now, with a lot of redevelopment of the ground happening in the next, presumably, 12. What the hell was that? Are we near a port? Are we near the sea? We are near the sea. We are near the sea, yeah. Crikey, we are near the sea, if that's a boat. Anyway. There's a lot of redevelopment at the ground, so maybe it could be moved forward. There's a petition online, and it's not a petition, one of these ones that goes to Parliament. It's just a petition uh, that people can sign. It takes two minutes to do. You don't have to sign up for anything. You just click on it, type your name in, and that's pretty much it. And it's just a petition to try and get a, you know, a number of people to say, look, this is the feeling of Leicester fans. We want this to stay or to remain. And I think it will happen. I'd love to have walls around the ground um, with that artwork maybe replicated on it would be very nice statues we've mentioned before we mentioned it earlier the re- redevelopment of the Filbert Street area into a museum there's lots that could happen and hopefully will but uh, just for now if you can go on Twitter obviously if you're following us at FFS pod then you'll be able to see links that we've put on there but uh, change.org and it's just a petition to say that there is a feeling of Leicester fans out there that we want this to remain it's not a we're not petitioning anyone it's not uh, not any marches it's just uh, to try and gauge the uh, the thought of Leicester fans, but uh, to follow us, nice and easy. Go to iTunes on your uh, on your iPhone or on your laptop, and then uh, if give us a rating if you want. We'll make sure you click subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes, and the next podcast will be in there as soon as it's uploaded. We're also available on SoundCloud. If you follow us on Facebook, type in for Fox Eight Podcast and give us a like on there. Again, we'll upload the podcast there. But for me, the best place to go is on iTunes. Now, where Rob is, I don't know. He was in Hungary at a rave, right? His shirt was <laughs> abysmal, right? It was from the 60s. It was it was unbelievable. So we'll get him about that when he comes back. I don't know when he's going to be back. 
but uh, we're very close to setting up a new studio uh, a new for Fox 8 HQ all singing or dancing we're only a few weeks away so hopefully we'll do a podcast be- what are you laughing at we'll hopefully we'll do a podcast before then I want to do one in the middle of next week so I'll find uh, one or two folks from around thanks to Jono being on the podcast Pleasure. and uh, and we'll be back very soon make sure you click subscribe on iTunes and uh, hopefully it's a good game 5-5 five, five tonight Ronaldo hat-trick no Ronaldo Ronaldo don't play for Real Madrid yeah. you, we've, we've got prep today we've now got we've some got nine hours he does, who's he play for now I'm a chance to see Ronaldo. Get out.